how much do we really know about the natural world in which we live? What importance do we attach to nature? And how much effort do we put into understanding it? Are we able to identify trees, to distinguish between bird songs, to recognize wild plants? Learning about nature is important. For one, we need this knowledge to be able to live in it as harmoniously and respectfully as possible. But research shows that spending time in nature and better understanding it can also reduce our stress, improve our mood and increase our overall satisfaction with life. A lack of knowledge can prevent us from making informed decisions about the environment and sustainability. If we don't grasp the risks facing particular species of flora and fauna and what their instinction might mean, and if we do not understand the causes and effects of climate change, we may be less inclined to adopt more sustainable practices for ourselves or to support policies implemented at national or European level. In this episode, journalists from our network of European radio stations have surveyed EU citizens to assess their environmental awareness and whether the picture is similar throughout the Union. This exercise revealed a few general trends, notably that there are differences in knowledge between generations and between rural and urban areas. This is the case even in a nature-loving country like Slovenia, says Tilian Basle, a conservation ornithologist at BirdLife Slovenia. I can say that people in the countryside are more in touch with nature. I dare say they recognize more birds. In terms of the generations, older people are certainly closer to nature. It seems that people in the past were much more in touch with nature and observed the world around them better than they do today. Today, the situation among some of the youngest schoolchildren is already very worrying. Many children can no longer even name five species of bird, for example. And thanks to Daria Potocan from RTV Slovenia for sharing this clip. And Marko Modric, a Croatian nature warden, tells journalist Dražen Zima the same thing. Of course, this disconnect from nature isn't good. And it's more visible among younger generations. It's more visible in urban centers too. Children who live in small towns and villages are much closer to nature. The feeling is the same in Portugal where Radio Renascença Cristina Nascimento speaks to Ruben Oliveira, a member of the board at the League for the Protection of Nature, and he highlights an apparent contradiction in many young people between their active commitment for the fight against climate change and a lesser concern for protecting nature more generally. Fortunately, our country is very diverse, and people tend to be very attached to the natural heritage of their region. We see this in the older generations. Among the younger generations, there are some curious factors at play. There is a greater connection, for example, with movements to combat climate change. But when it comes to other challenges, such as the biodiversity crisis, we don't see as much enthusiasm. So let's say that environmental awareness varies. It's very much linked to climate change, yet when it comes to natural heritage and endangered species, it's sometimes not as robust. So what can be done to help EU citizens, especially the younger generations, to better connect with nature? Radio Romagna's Stefan Rancu asked Ovidio Ionescu, a forestry professor at Transylvania University in Brasov, central Romania, where and when learning about nature and environmental protection 
should begin. Because from the early years of education, a distorted image is formed of this resource, of the forest and the fauna. People don't form an accurate image. In our field, some are in favour of the sustainable use of resources and coexistence with man, while others are conservationists. Personally, I don't have a problem with income-generating activities. But some people don't understand that when radical conservationist measures have been taken, the results have been disastrous. I can cite examples from the past. The black goat in northern Romania, But education for example, is not just the domain of school. Total ban on hunting, Parents also have a responsibility here. Decades but later, many of them fail at the task, perhaps because they are already very disconnected themselves, the as Marco from Croatia. Some parents never spend time in nature and don't even feel the need to take their children. And if children don't learn what the forest looks like at an early age, they shy away from it. When you're not familiar with something, then you often develop a fear of it or some wrong perception. For Viktor Andras, honorary president of the Hungarian Society for Environmental Education, this goes beyond knowledge. In his view, nature is something you should experience emotionally, as he explains to journalist Xila Adam. The important thing is for humans to have a rich personal relationship and experience with nature, because only then will they be willing to protect it. Do not assume that teaching scientific facts in school will lead to a better defense of nature. Knowledge is necessary, but not sufficient. Without a personal, emotional connection, it doesn't work. Klara Rosziewska, an education specialist at WWF Poland, agrees, as she tells Polish radios Katarzyna Seman. The most effective method of gaining nature knowledge is, of course, through experience. We are all, especially in our early years, born explorers and seekers. We try things out, we experiment, gaining knowledge and experience in the process. We should be able to explore without restraint from childhood onwards, whether in our own garden or in a nearby green space, forest or meadow. Observing natural phenomena shows us the laws that govern them, teaches us respect for different life forms, develops our critical thinking skills, plus the knowledge and attitudes needed in today's world, inspires us to ask questions and awakens our curiosity, which may stay with us throughout our lives. Through the promotion of lifelong education, but also hands-on experimentation, we will all develop a deeper understanding of the natural world in which we live. In turn, we will become more aware of the importance of preserving and protecting it something that is essential if green policies such as those related to Europe's green transition are to be widely accepted and implemented. Many initiatives, including the EU so-called LIFE program, are being rolled out in Europe to bring people, particularly young people, closer to nature and its mysteries. Viktor Andres, who we heard from earlier, highlights children's camps, eco-trails, and a number of other positive initiatives in Hungary. There are many programs that reinforce personal involvement. 
For example, the Birds and Plants of the Year program, where we feature a living creature or a mineral. The primary aim is not to pass on knowledge, but to establish a personal connection. The same applies to community research. One such example is the Wilderness Hunter program, in which anyone can publish on a website an animal they have observed in the wild. At the University of Bucharest, the Botanical Garden is not only somewhere for visitors to relax, but also a vast green space where more than 10,000 plant species can be admired. In the summer, exhibitions and educational workshops are organized, with some activities aimed specifically at children, explains Petronella Carmen Comanescu, lead biologist at the Botanical Garden. Our educational program is called The Little Botanist and consists of a series of lessons that anyone can find on the website. They are aimed at groups of children who usually come from school to take part in the class. But over the last few summers, we have also organised activities for children on holiday who could come and learn about the secrets of trees, how varied plants are, where they're found and their importance in human life. We have activities related to medicinal plants, food plants, plants that we paint with, decorative plants, and so on. Although it may come as a surprise to some, our increasing access to digital technologies are actually making it easier to promote an interest in nature, says Ruben Oliveira. There's a funny change afoot, namely that nature is also getting used to screens. There are more and more tools that are trying to reach out to young people through screens. There are more and more apps, for example, where you just point a mobile phone at a species of plant or animal and it tells you what it is. Sometimes using the mobile phone as a tool and not seeing it as the bad guy, so to speak, has to be something we keep in mind. Because mobile phones are not going anywhere and we have to find ways to bring everyone, not just children, closer to nature. Technology also supports data collection and research efforts. With so much data to collect and study, scientists are short of manpower. Artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be able to play a role in the future, but these technologies are not yet mature. For this reason, in the EU but also elsewhere, participatory science, also called citizen science, which engages the public in advancing scientific knowledge, is being pushed by researchers, who call for volunteers to take part in their work. This is the case, for example, in Lithuania, where Auguste Riberite from Ginura Dias speaks to Jediminas Brajaitis, a professor in the Faculty of Forestry and Ecology at Vitotas Magnus University. Citizen science is very popular in Europe and around the world, with people out in nature noticing things and reporting them to interested organizations. There are questionnaires, websites and so on. This method makes it possible to collect data of exceptional quality. For example, on large predators, rare plants and invasive species. A lot of data is collected and this is very much appreciated. Numerous participatory science projects are underway to discover the ocean, to monitor water quality, to study coastal erosion or to explore reefs, among others. And we bring this episode to a close with a thought-provoking observation from Bulgarian professor Pavel Stoev, director of the National Museum of Natural Science, who is interviewed by BNR's Alexandra Ilieva. 
Even for scientists, nature is a big unknown. I recently gave a presentation on what we know about Bulgarian biodiversity, and a very large proportion, several tens of thousands of species of insects and invertebrates, are still unknown to scientists. I mean, they probably exist in Bulgaria, but we don't know that. So for scientists, what surrounds us in nature is still a bit of a mystery. And this goes even more for ordinary people, who may just about be able to tell a deer from a wild boar. But even that isn't certain. Assuming that you are able to tell the difference between a wild boar and a deer, and if not, pick up your picture book again, why not take it a step further and try your hand at recognizing bird songs, animal footprints and tree leaves? Well, the nature book will have you hooked. In our next episode, we'll be looking at different electricity sources. Till then, take care. Bye.